All right, everybody, welcome back to week three of the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here alongside Sloan Schaefer, and a special guest who will be joining us for the entirety of the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself, special guest? Yes, sir. How's it going, everybody? Matt Kenny here. Excited to be on week three. Blessed to be out of school. This is my only chance to be on the pod, so we took advantage. Well, we're glad to have you, Matt. Thanks for joining us. We've got a few topics on the agenda. Trade deadline has passed, so it's a little bit lighter now. Uh, not as much to talk, but we'll get into last week's standings, go through Matt's team, and then we'll wrap it up looking at the power rankings that Matt graciously provides to us every week. Uh, so we can go ahead and jump into things. Sloan, Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts on last week's results. We'll start off with Sloan. What would you think? Very tight week in the middle. Uh, Tommy and Austin blowing it out of the water, first and second, pretty handedly. But right in there, I mean, we got, I think, looking at the .06 defeat of On Good over Brian is (laughs) absolutely insane, especially with Brian trying not to go to Waffle House. Um, It was really tight. I was hoping to hopefully jump both of them with uh, Monday night. Uh, performance by Fournette, but didn't get a touchdown, had a lot of touches. Uh, I was able to edge out Matt, and I'm happy with where I ended up. Um, but a lot of shakeups in the standings this week. Uh, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're just a fan of competition, you know, from the overall picture of the league, I don't think you really love this week because – the gap between the playoffs and non-playoffs is pretty significant now. I mean, even Brian is pretty far down on the bottom at this point. It would take some pretty poor efforts in order for people to actually end up going to Waffle House. So I think, you know, it was a little disappointing on that front. Personally, you know, seeing my team put up an 87-point dud, lowest score of the season, only two touchdowns on the whole team, that sucked. Uh, you know, I just don't think I have it in me this year. I haven't gotten in the top three since week three. So things are looking down. I mean, Austin is riding the coattail of Jonathan Taylor straight to the playoffs. We'll see if that holds up when he gets closer. Um, you know, like you said, things were really tight in that middle pack. There was, you know, five teams between 140 and 134.98. So Super tight, fun to watch. I love the table format. So every week I'm checking in, even if I know I'm out of it. I love watching it. So that was good to see. Personally disappointed, but I'm glad to know that I can kind of commit to not making the playoffs at this point and have to be a little bit less stressed about it. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I thought one interesting storyline that I noticed was another week where um, almighty powerful Colin was not at the top. Mm. Um, not to say that he had a Good bad point. week, um, but his team, you know, didn't perform as well as it has been. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, to echo Sloan, I was also disappointed with my team's Monday night football performance. Uh, you know, confused with the Giants. Why do you offer Kenny Galladay a four-year contract worth like $80 million or whatever it was to – throw the ball his way three times. Mayor, I um, want to point out something real quick. 
if you're if one of your players would have gotten outside of a quarterback would have gotten one touchdown, you would have jumped three people, four people, yeah, in last week's standings. Well, and so to bring this up too, which I referenced this in my power rankings of my team, we all saw through the group me that I um, was in a bad state Sunday morning and did not <laughs> have a, a powered up phone by my own doings uh, to recognize that Lamar Jackson um, had a little sniffle and wasn't going to play. Um, so, you know, you look at my backup, Daniel Jones, dud. But even if he had, like I had those seven and a half points, I pass up Sloan, I pass up Brian, I pass up on good. I pass up, I think I finished behind Colin. So I think I jumped Colin yep. and like I score four more points just by having, you know, poopy Daniel Jones in the lineup. But, you know, it's neither here nor there at this point. I'm shocked with how well my team did. Um, you know, Austin Eckler's performance with four touchdowns overshadowed by Jonathan Taylor's five touchdown game. But, you know, I'm blessed with that. So yeah, let's but, be honest with not starting a second quarterback. You did a really good job this week. Yeah. Shout out to Austin Eckler and uh, shout out to the Bears defense for letting uh, Devontae Freeman get that garbage touchdown to beat him to help me out as well. You know, I can say personally, I'm a little glad that finally somebody got punished for not setting the lineup. Matt, I'm sorry it had to be you, but, you know, last week we had Austin and Tommy. Maybe it was the week before. I think it might have been last week. Both forget to set the lineup and then basically finish near the top. Um, So it's good to see, like, hey, you need to stay on top of it. I feel like this year been people being ruled out of the game compared to normal i mean i feel like you need to be checking your phone up until like 15 minutes before kickoff to make sure everybody's actually playing yeah i I thought the i mean i thought the big story this week was going to be austin not putting new england in as his defense yes but then matt you know one ups him with (laughs) start a second quarterback I will also add in this too, you know, like the one narrative this week is Josh setting the lowest score. You think about those 26 points that Austin could have had with his defense. I don't know if he had the Patriots kicker or if that was a part of his team as well, but you know, that 26 now Austin's kind of in the realm of, you know, that 200 territory competing for the highest score. Yeah, it is weird because like at the end of the day, it wouldn't have helped Austin at all because he already – Came in first. Yeah, he still, he still won. Which is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just weird. I think, I think the weirdest thing for me is to see Tommy and Austin's teams continually do well because I'm so used to the prior years of our league where no offense to Tommy and Austin, but typically they're kind of like middle to bottom of the pack, right? And so I think I even – I undersell their teams at this point just because I'm so used to their teams being bad. You know, that when like Tommy's team is showing up now pretty consistently, it's just kind of weird to see. Yeah. It's super strange with a 10 point difference between fifth and fourth for playoffs and Tommy being the fourth team. That's it. It doesn't feel right. I would also like to point out uh, Mike, the league dashboard looks incredible 
on the fantasy football standing. So thank you for yes. updating that. Um, but it, it is it is weird with Austin and Tommy. I know Austin does another league with his high school buddies, so I I know he's a little more invested than I think we give him credit for. But Tommy, like we said, no offense, it is surprising that you're in fourth. Yeah, I'm sure Tommy's as surprised. I mean, once Derrick Henry went down, I felt like having Tommy's pick was like the best I could have gotten. I mean, Mike and I had a trade this season at one point that would have been Tommy's first this next year for Elijah Mitchell and and Colin second, which looking back, man, that would have been a killer trade, I think, because we thought Tommy was going to be in the lottery, you know, top three maybe. But yeah, who who had made a deal for Jonathan Taylor with Austin, but then Austin backed out? Was that Brian? It was me and Brian. Okay. Well, how does that feel? My, Brian Brian's Brian's deal was way better than my deal, but I was just like trying to get negotiations going with Austin. So I mean, I'm pretty sure the deal I had like set up with him was, I mean, at the time Austin's tight end was not good. Um, so I was going to give him a tight end hindsight 2020 Logan Thomas has been on IR for like nine weeks. So, and Jonathan Taylor has been killing it. So great move by Austin, but it was like miles Gaskin, uh, Logan Thomas, I think another player and then like a first and a second. Yeah. That's um, I think Brian, I think Brian was going to give up like Zeke and a, a first or something like that, which would have been a much better deal. I don't remember exactly what Brian's deal was, but, you know, shout out to Austin for not for trusting his gut and not not hitting the panic button week three when Jonathan Taylor was not doing as well. Yeah, he's will he be the highest fantasy scorer this season? He's got to be right. Uh, him and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's been killing it as far as yeah. points go. Um, nice. Matt Stafford's been kind of down the last few games, a la Tennessee and then whoever they most recently played, but. Yeah, well, let, let me check this real quick. Most, I mean, fantasy I, points, I, most fantasy points as of right now is Jonathan Taylor with 246. Guess who's second? Quarterback. Is it not? No, is it Tom Brady? No. No. Shoot. I think garbage time Lamar? points. Oh, it's oh. Jalen. It's Jalen Hurts with ah. 243. Oh. That's Honestly, incredible. shout out to On Good for having faith in Jalen Hurts. The dude – is like, hey, instead of handing the ball off, I'm going to rush for three touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, the you know, I'm glad Ongood's still in the playoffs because I think there's some there's some fear with that team long term. I think this is the year for for Ongood, and who knows if Jalen Hurts is even a starting quarterback in a year. He's done a lot better, but that's the weird. I'm not thing. so confident. Good fantasy players does not equate to a good, you know, actual NFL player. Don't, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And I think Jalen Hurts is a great example. Yeah, it's true. Um, another item that I want to bring up. So, Mike, Josh, you and Mike were both in the running for lowest points last week. Yes. Mike was talking to me, and it's something that I wanted to discuss. I don't think we'll end up in this situation this season or ever again, but it was something that I think could have cost, caused some controversy in the league. Yep. Mike, Mike didn't have a, Mike was planning on starting the Bucks defense and they played Monday night and yep. Mike was very close with you in projected points. And as we know, the person with the lowest points this season for one week gets 20 bucks. Mike had thought about picking up 
or whatever starting the Giants defense instead of the Bucks defense just to get lower points. Would it, yeah. it does that is that allowed under the rules? So I thought the same thing about just starting Antonio Brown uh, at wide receiver, even though he was out. Right. You know, I don't think we have we've had play, people start out players accident on purpose. I think the way we resolve this next year, you know, I think we're learning a lot this year. It's our first year in a dynasty league. I feel like we did pretty well with the rules in the off season. You know, there are things we'll need to change. We have a long list. The way we change this next year is we say who had the lowest possible points for in a single week. Um, Cause I think that really resembles like, Hey, even if you had set your perfect lineup, your team just was absolutely ass this week. Um, which is kind of an impressive thing to accomplish. Cause I definitely agree. I think as we get into these last two weeks, you know, you know, another way we could limit this is to say maybe after like week 10, that no longer applies. So it's through the first 10 weeks because these last couple of weeks, teams could really start tanking if they wanted to. Yeah. I, well, okay. So get back. Like, answer my question. Is that allowed under the rules? What do you guys think? It feels wrong. The rule um, is per the email that you sent out on Friday, July 9th of this year, low score with full set lineup. Nobody yeah, I think it's allowed. Have, no, nobody would have started the Bucks defense over the Giants. No reason I think it's allowed. would have done that. No, yeah, I think you can I, do it. it doesn't specify in our rules like fullest and best set lineup. Like it's just a full set lineup. So I can like, start backup quarterback backup running back fifth string wide receivers is that a full set lineup boys i mean you technically could but you would have so like you would have you personally would have so little reason to right now because brian owns your pick you could still realistically go to waffle house like you don't even have your second round pick everything about your team right now should be like i want to finish as close to the playoffs as i possibly can so I think it will only end up impacting a very small number of teams heading into the last week of where, you know, they're out of the playoff run and they're also guaranteed safe from Waffle House and they would actually have a reason to tank. So I think it's a fault in the rule, but I think under the existing rules, if you're willing to say like, I'm going to have a horrible week on purpose for $20 and I think that outweighs everything else it's a relatively small risk but at the end of the day if you're not a playoff team and you're not at risk of going to waffle house you might as well set as close to zero lineup as possible because seating doesn't matter for the toilet bowl tournament or whatever because it's still table format so you can go one week and suck it up and get 20 bucks that's why it's not it should not be allowed under the rules and it and i do think but there's only like beat. one or two teams that should do that theoretically if, if they're safe. So the only teams that would reasonably try to get as close to zero as possible, or maybe three, would be me, Dylan, and Matt. You and Mike, there's no reason you should be trying to get that lowest number possible because well, you want to hurt. Is a point below me. I want to point that out. <laughs> okay, so Matt should not be doing it. I'm gonna just I'm gonna throw a freezing hot take in here. Collins already clinched his playoff spot. Oh, here what's, we go. What's what's it. preventing what's preventing Colin from resting his starters? 
That is a good point. <laughs> and just being thing. like, hey, not only can I, I'm guaranteed, not necessarily guaranteed, always guaranteed money for being top four. Yeah. You know, like yeah. regardless of where he finishes, why not add an extra 20 bucks to it? That's why what Mike was trying to do is not allowed. And Mike, yeah. Mike wasn't trying to do it. He just yes, offered he up the idea. Well, no, if he was, no, no. If he was he trying to do it, he would have he would it. have Boys. done it. Boys. Trying Boys. means you what you were going to do it. He no, didn't do it. Could have done it. No, Guys, there was no as, reason for Mike to do it. As we discussed last week, Mike is a slimy fantasy player, and I, this gets brought up for a second week. So I'm just saying. Point. point no, but he's him. not slimy for doing this. I I I I, I think. Because we're bringing it up now, and I imagine everybody will listen to this, I think we just agree it needs to be done in good faith, right? Like the the point of the the initial point of the the thing is not so that you could game the system. I think what we need to say, and I think even for this season, because I think we'll change this rule next season, is you're allowed to tank and just you can play garbage if you want to, but it doesn't count for the purposes of this like award. Because okay. it's definitely a gut thing, right? Like, you can tell if a team is actually putting out a lineup. Like, if you look at my lineup from last week, like, I set a real lineup. I tried as hard as I could to get points, and my team was just terrible. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the essence of what we were really trying to go good for and yeah. establishing the payout. Mike would not have had good faith because his intention was to get the lowest scoring points. But this is also this is also every other possible player in Mike's lineup had already played. It wasn't like for Wednesday night, Mike actively decided, hey, I'm going to intentionally start all these bad people. It was it's Monday night football. All I have left is like my defense. Maybe I can swap it out and get some lower points. But you're still trying to get lower points. Yeah. And that's what you're not allowed to do. If we would have seen Mike add the Giants D and start them in that game, we would have all been like, okay. You know, if I would have started Antonio Brown, because I thought about starting Antonio Brown on Monday night, I was like, why not? He's going to get zero. He's out. Like, it would technically be a full set lineup. Right. But I'm like, no, I don't I don't think this is – as the commissioner and somebody who – you know, I, we all liked the idea of it when we started, right? We were like, oh, this is fun that somebody would get awarded for having the worst lineup. The point of this should not be to just try and game it so that it ends up just being something stupid that we all get mad about. That's just yeah. my opinion. No, I hear you. I think-, I think because Mike didn't do it, like, and he thought about it too, I think this is almost kind of establishing the rule I mean, we'll we'll put it out in the groomy. Obviously, we're not just going to create a rule on here because I know we have to have a process, right, Sloan? Yeah. But that's my thoughts. Are there any? Do you guys disagree? Do you think that you should be able to just always, yeah, the garbage the, out there? I want the audience to voice their comments in the groomy <laughs> once they hear this. Let us know your thoughts. Please do. I like that you brought this up, Sloan, because it was something that crossed my mind this week and Good. i think in week 12 and 13 it will become i think matt's point about colin is spot on like why would colin you know not just that's and example. that's another thing that's another thing that i wrote down to talk about for next year is right now like 
there's no reason, there's no difference between being the one seed and the four seed in the playoffs. I think there needs to be some kind of like reward for being the one seed in the playoffs. Like even if it's just you get 10 extra points in the table or something like that, that rewards the season long performance compared to being the fourth seed. Yeah, I I think there probably, I agree with that. There probably should be a regular season award for scoring the highest overall. I hear you. Yeah. Because, yeah, I didn't realize that there wasn't an actual tournament bracket for either the actual playoffs or the toilet bowl until like a couple days ago. So then it's like, well, what what's the point of this? You know, there's no seeds at that point. It's just top four, make it and then reset. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm just looking at the list of, of rules I have for the offseason discussion. Mm-hmm. And we're at at 16 topics right now. It's going to be a long but- annual meeting. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Sounds like we need to up the buy-in if we're gonna have all these different awards, you know. Either I, that, or we just start eliminating some. We change up what gets an award. Yeah, yeah, true. Especially if I, we find out that yeah. like best draft pick is tough to award, or best trade is tough to award, or yeah, I think best draft pick not this season, but next season will be hard after a rookie draft. Or it might be easier if there's a breakout star as a rookie i mean less options so right yeah the voting process i think will be fun i mean i think everybody will get to nominate a player to you know or nominate just their player and then we kind of go from there but yeah though i'm always a a fan of bigger buy-ins because i am like a diehard fantasy football fan um but i know some of us are more in this league just because they enjoy the camaraderie of talking shit about fantasy football. So I don't want those people to be like, I have a serious financial commitment to this league. Yeah, this goes into uh, my portfolio as, yeah. a, as an investment. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that Mike and Brian basically are just throwing away $100 between this year and next year. I think both of their teams are. <laughs> yeah, I well, that's why I, once you win, you give yourselves, like how many, how many years does a, a – fantasy football win give you in terms of uh buy-ins because five years yeah yeah so then it's like you feel good then you could rebuild or you can win another the second year who knows i don't think i'm in it for the money at all i don't give a shit about the money i'm just want the i want the dynasty that's what i'm here for i we enjoy the process and i think that's that's a good uh lesson for anything in life you gotta enjoy the process (laughs) the money is especially when you're a loser (laughs) (laughs) Josh I just got a job so you can shut the hell up all right well you enjoyed the process probably I did actually I don't think you enjoyed the process of not getting a job (laughs) well law school is all right I got a job fantasy football is different though exactly oh yeah well any other thoughts on last week's results i like where we went on the discussion i think these were good topics to cover but i want to make sure there's nothing else because i think we did a, a pretty uh, a pretty good uh, discussion of it all i like it all right moving on to the highlight of the podcast in my opinion the team analysis matt i'm just going to give you the floor i have a couple questions to ask but i want to hear your thoughts on your team what are you thinking what's your timeline who are your matt, favorite you- players yeah, could you pull your mic out sideways a little bit? It's rubbing on your beard. Yeah, thanks. I got you. Um, I, I mean, obviously, 
Brian and I text all the time and we've made this comment. Um, my team, I feel like is very top heavy. Um, if I could use an analogy, I hit like chest and arms all the time. Um, but I skip leg day. Um, and what I mean by that is I have some very like potent fantasy football players, but I do not have the depth that, um, a playoff team has, you know, you look at Austin or Tommy, um, teams like that on good Colin, you know, they've got starters that perform well. And then they also have like a couple decent bench players who can fill that void. Um, you know, Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson, I'm pretty sure are both top. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is the number two fantasy player, then that means Lamar and Tom are like QBs two and three or three and four or something like that. So having two top five quarterbacks is really nice. Um, Najee Harris and Austin Eckler. Najee's performed way better than I thought. I thought he was going to be good, but he's been a stud. To be a rookie mm-hmm. and to be RB like six or wherever he's at, you know, Eckler. fifth right now. You got two top five running backs. Yeah, you know, and you, you look at that and you're like, damn, Matt's team has two top five quarterbacks and two top five running backs. He's probably at the top. And where am I? In ninth place. Uh, and the reason I'm in ninth place is because my wide receiver room and my flex options have failed me to the utmost. I don't even know what word to throw in there. Um, AJ, kind of dis- AJ, AJ Brown. Yeah. Uber disappointment. Uber disappointment. It disgusts me looking at your like skill players. Yeah. Um, which is, it's tough. You know, I thought obviously Arthur Smith going to the Falcons. They're like the Tennessee mastermind of the offense leaving hurts. Uh, but I didn't think their offense was going to be this bad. Um, you know, you have a dude who has a second year player, thousand yard receiver, all pro potential. And He's got games where he gets the ball thrown to him like four times. Um, so, how did you feel? I blame about a lot of it on Ryan Tannehill. How did you feel about your uh, Cordero Patterson trade? Yes, yes, I want to talk Cordero Patterson trade. So, uh, you guys reamed me uh, pretty good uh, <laughs> after the trade, um, and I will say, giving up Miles Gaskin was not an issue for me because. He is so hit or miss. Like, the consistency is not there. I don't think you can trust the Dolphin offense. He's like the Mike Giusecki of running backs. Um, Pre this year. Pre this year. Mike has been much better this year, but any time before. Yeah. Correct. Um, But even then, even this year, Giusecki has games where he is a stud, games where he gets thrown two, seven times, doesn't catch the ball. Um, You know, the inconsistency, I was like, I'm willing to give that up. I don't necessarily know that he's going to ever be like a major player, maybe a decent flex. Um, And then the thought process behind it, like giving up a second round, like to get Cordero, I was like, if Cordero does what I hope him to do, my second round pick is going to be 17th, 18th overall, because I'm a playoff team. And, you know, the, the unfortunate reality of fantasy football is you can't predict injuries. You know, you guys, shafted me after the trade talking about how Cordero was on my bench. That's because he sprained his ankle in the, uh, in the Dallas game. Um, didn't play much in the second half, got me four and a half points. And then just to add, you know, salt to the wound, they played on Thursday night football and you didn't have enough time to recover. So, yeah, uh, you know, two, small... two weeks of Patterson. 
so it's a small sample size, but over the past two weeks, Gaskins has outscored Patterson by 17.7 points. So those are the hard numbers well, and the facts. Right. I mean, yeah, the facts are there, but you also can't discredit the fact that Cordero Patterson has only played in half of a game across those two weeks where Gaskin has played eight quarters. So well, he's 30 yeah. years old. Gaskin is – I would never – I mean, Brian is starting Gaskin this week, but you never feel confident starting no. Gaskin. It's, yeah, I mean, that's he's good had some... Very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So, and the other Josh, thing with Josh it, too – Josh is gone, uh, just FYI to, to the listeners out there. Yeah, he keeps Continue, popping Matt. in and out. I will also say, to your comment about Cordero being 30 years old, the Falcons are very bad. And they don't have a lot of good things going for them right now. Um, their offensive line is not good. Kyle Pitts is a bright point. Who knows if Calvin Ridley is going to play again? Julio just left. Matt Ryan is showing his age. Like they have a lot of things that need to be addressed this offseason and especially in the draft. So who's to say that they're like, hey, we got this Cordero Patterson guy. He was super good. Yes, he's a free agent, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. as He doesn't sign with Atlanta again just to be, you know, their Swiss Army knife of a player while they go out and draft their new predecessor to Matt Ryan or they go and get a, a wide receiver to potentially replace or play alongside Calvin Ridley or they fix their defense that gives up like 50 points a game. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Matt, I think one of the things you did highlight though is, you know, we've talked a bit about age on your team. I mean, if we look at your team, there's quite a bit of age on there. Tom Brady, Eckler, 26, old for a running back. Cordell Patterson, Galladay. Hold on, old for a running back. Matt, what's your comeback to that? My come and I've I've said this numerous times to people. My comeback for Austin Eckler being old for a running back is he does not have anywhere close to the mileage that other 26-year-old running backs like from that class have. You know, you look at Aaron Jones, who just suffered his like third MCL sprain um, in the last three seasons. Zeke has been like the bell cow of the Cowboys. Um got a lot of bumps and bruises. Dalvin Cook suffered injuries, Christian McCaffrey. But those guys have been like everyday backs since their rookie year. Austin Eckler was an undrafted rookie that didn't even play like his first two seasons. And then because Melvin Gordon got hurt in 2019, he took off. So while those guys have like four or five, like like full NFL beatdowns going on, Austin Eckler has like one and a half. Yeah, the running back lifetime is so short not because of their body is naturally deteriorating but because of their usage so i do agree with what you're saying that he's 26 but he hasn't been playing you know full cap that whole however many years he's been in the league the other thing i will say about i mean outside of outside of derrick henry i mean i guess you could say melvin gordon a little bit i mean he's in the split backfield Show me another running back over 27 right now who is a monster. Like, who you're like, this guy's great. Mm -hmm. Well, part of the reason you can't do that is because literally that one draft has, like, nine starting NFL running backs in it that are all 25, 26 years old. 
But there's a history to this. It's not just a, I mean, yes, you're right. It is a carry based thing, but I mean, I don't know. Eckler's small. I don't think he has like the typical size of a back who you would expect to be super durable. Um, he also he also isn't your run between the tackles get beat up by the running or the linebackers kind of back like Austin Eckler shows his value because he's a pass catcher. Um, the Chargers just don't have anybody else to like run in between the tackles. So I feel like being on the outside saves him more so than than a Dalvin Cook or a Zeke that's like constantly running up the gut. What are you going to do with Julio Jones? He's on your IR right now. Are you going to keep him next season? Was he a waste of draft pick? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, so this is another thing I wanted to highlight. My like draft day dreams that turned into nightmares. Um, I bought in, obviously, with A.J. Brown. I bought into the fact that Tennessee getting Julio, they were going to have this, like, super offense. Honestly, I thought they were going to be, like, what the Rams are. Like, Derrick Henry's going to do his thing, and then Tannehill's going to be able to hit these play action, like, bombs to Julio and A.J. Brown, and I was just going to reap the benefits. And, you know, Julio has continued to show that um, he doesn't know how to stretch out his hamstrings. Um, I think he's played in like three games those so far this season, maybe four, and he's hit double digits like twice. Um, so like that was a terrible pick on my part. Um, I'm honestly not convinced he's going to make my roster next year. Um, wow. We'll see if he does. He's just like a, you know, collecting dust on the mantle until he like shows me otherwise. Um, another pick that was absolute garbage. Um, I bought into the Mike Davis hype in Atlanta. My dream scenario was for my team. Cause I also didn't know if Najee was going to be, you know, a stud right off the bat. Um, and I was like, maybe I can get a couple of like really good weeks out of Mike Davis and then send him off elsewhere for like some draft capital. That was my hope um, to like be a seller with him. Um, I think he's been in my starting lineup twice. Um, just, and again, the Cordero Patterson effect kind of alluded to that, but even then when he's got his touches, he's been terrible. You know what you can do with Mike Davis? You could trade him to me for an Arby's beef and cheddar sandwich. That's Arby's, true. we have the meats. That's <laughs> our promo read. This, uh, ironically, I did have Arby's for dinner last night. So, oh, I love it. I had Arby's um, last week. It's incredible. Oh, like I mentioned before, Kim and I mm, easily once a month we're at uh, we're at Arby's. Get the boneless swings. Uh, I did try not. the boneless swings. One Kim, time. Kim did. Kim did. I had one of her wings. Um, she thought they were great. Uh, she was disappointed that she didn't get the nine count. Uh, she got like the six. So, how do they compare to Brothers? Because when you would go to Brothers, would you normally spend five bucks? I couldn't remember how they were priced. Uh, so Brothers was a Brothers was like a dollar twenty five for like a half pound of wings. So the ideal scenario was you roll up, hop in line, get two Miller High Lights, the champagne after, of beer after quarter bottles, quarter beer, right? Quarter beers. <laughs> you roll a, up a Wednesday night. Miller High Life. Then we grab two. You grab two for <laughs> two fifty. Drink them both in line while you wait for your wings. Then you get two dollars and fifty cent worth a whole pound of wings. What? Hop back up at the. 
Wasn't it a dollar twenty-five for a half pound? Yeah. I don't remember it being that cheap. I think it was a quarter a wing. Okay. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Quarter beer and quarter wings. Mm -hmm. And then you you roll back up to the uh, to the bar, grab a couple more Miller High Lifes, and you've now had four beers and a pound of wings for like less than ten bucks. And then you wake up the next morning, feel like garbage, have heartburn, and oh, you wanna, shit, your you brain's know, out. Want to do it all again at Cactus? That was Mike. That's uh, that's how Matt fell after his draft day. I'm sure too. Looking back at this point, I'm sure he. Well, after after my draft day, <laughs> I was like, "Dang, this worked out really well." Um, and then I'm just like, oh, "Fuck me, so nice. man!" This is I terrible. feel like we need to touch on it. I don't think we've given it enough conversation. I know we talked to Eckler, but. Uh-huh. You've continually traded for old players on the way out. I mean, Allen Robinson, Tim Patrick, Cordero Patterson, and you've given up youth in a lot of those trades. Are you concerned at all, like, looking at the age of your team? There's not a lot of, like, young prospects, I feel like. How are you feeling about not making the playoffs this year? Not having a ton of draft capital, are you worried at all from a dynasty perspective about what this team holds? I'm not overly worried about my dynasty abilities. Um, Again, my thoughts on Eckler, I think Eckler still has more good years in him. Um, You know, Najee Harris, yes, he's an older rookie, um, but I think he has shown his durability this season. Uh, moving forward, AJ Brown is still very young. Um, you know, I traded for T. Higgins, who is also very young. Uh, Lamar Jackson is only 24, and he's in like his third season. Is Dan Jones the future of your team? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Tom Brady is. This could be the last year. There's a chance. Uh-huh. There's a, a chance this could future. be Tom Brady's last year. There's also a chance that he could play in like two more years. So he's the oldest player if, in the NFL. Godwin that's... and AB are free agents next year too. That is worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll see if I have to resort to Daniel Jones, um, or we'll see if I get the uh, you know TB twelve for another season. Um, you know, Cordero was a trade to try and push me into the playoffs. Obviously, that bit me in the butt. Um, the trade for Tim Patrick. Yes, I gave up Friar Muth. Um, my thoughts on that were Mark Andrews is only 25, 26 as well. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, both in like their early thirties. So if I can get six more years of Mark Andrews, what do I need Friar Muth for realistically? Um, especially like who knows what's going to happen with, you know, when quarterback changes, things like that with big Ben moving out. Um, but I needed Tim Patrick because that was when AJ Brown and Julio were both out at the exact same time. Um, Kenny Galladay was also hurt. I did not have Allen Robinson on my team. Um, so, like, I literally didn't have someone to put in my lineup at receiver, and I needed. And DJ Chark had gotten hurt, too. On DJ IR. Chark had, yeah, had literally broken his ankle the week before. Another pick that I'm super disappointed with. So, you know, it's – I feel like I had costly injuries that forced my hand at deals. I will also say yeah. Allen Robinson's, what, 28? Yeah, he's 28. 28 years old. Um, I will, I mean, I would love to think that this year has done nothing to his body because he doesn't touch the ball in Chicago. Um, you know, yeah. that, that trade was more of a, 
I'm going to bank on Allen Robinson leaving Chicago and getting away from uh, the naggy negativism and going elsewhere. Um, you know, maybe he ends up in uh, old Tampa Bay catching passes from Tom um, goes to Indy uh, to be like the number one alongside Michael Pittman or just some like a better spot where his talents can actually be utilized. So I got a lot of things that I'm like, you know, keeping my fingers crossed as far as I hope this hits. Um, Matt, to wrap this up before we move on to the next segment, mm-hmm. describe your team in one word. Broken. I think it's good. <laughs> That's not a, all right. I expect to sound a little more hopeful, but you're being honest and I like it. Yeah. This team is like the Gen Z and the boomers. Like, I feel like those, that is, it's, it's all or nothing. Like it's really young, raw, (laughs) or it's like these old guys that you're like, maybe they have something left in the tank. That's kind of how I've looked at it. Mm -hmm. I also will add to this too, just to, to wrap this up really fast. I do have some very young players on my team, you know, that I've been holding onto that I'm hopeful can do something. Um, that being, you know, I took Chubba Hubbard, um, which has paid off some, you know, CMC has shown the last two years he can't stay healthy. So it's nice to have a running back there um, when he gets hurt. Um, I am also, no offense to Ongood, I mean, not that this affects him in any way, but I don't think Mike Williams is going to come back uh, to the Chargers. I don't think they're going to fork out the money for him, um, which is why I stashed Josh Palmer. I think he's going to move into the number two and I would love to have the chargers number two receiver any day of the week uh, as like one of my flex options. So I like his value moving forward Um, before Odell went to the Rams. I was excited about like having Van Jefferson, Um, but now they've got, you know, Odell and him and Cooper cup. So it's like, I don't know about that, but I have some pieces I'm looking forward to. I still have my first round pick wherever that may fall. Um, I can't remember if I have a second round pick. I don't think I have, I don't have a second in this draft, but I do have three thirds and a fourth. I've got Tommy second. So I do have a first, I do have a second. I have three thirds. Um, you know, we'll see how off season trades go. Maybe some draft day trades, uh, Yeah, to either I think, move up or move back in 2023. So I have I have enough pieces, I think, to keep myself relevant within the next few years. Um, obviously, my window was not now. I think I will be more of a player next year. In all honesty, it's probably looking like – I feel like my team is going to be – which every league has this, but – the reality is I feel like I'm going to be the team that's going to be like pushing for the playoffs every year. Like I'm never going to be worst, but I'm always going to be like fifth or sixth, which is just a shitty reality to look at, but you never know (laughs) things might hit, you know, the Allen Robinson thing might work out. Josh Palmer might actually be the number two. AJ Brown might actually catch passes next year. Tom Brady will play until he's 50 and yeah, Everything will well, be fine. I'm excited I'm to see what happens. Would be, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what happens to your team over the next few weeks uh, to see whether you go to Waffle House. But we'll get to that, uh, you know, in what? Less than 14 days? 
All right. Anyway, Josh, what's up next? All right. Wrapping it up. You know, it's only fitting that we talk power rankings with the person who takes the time to put their thoughts together every week. It's been a journey looking at this year's power rankings as somebody who has personally had strong hopes for the playoffs, traded away Elijah Moore for Zeke to make that final push. Matt, I understand uh, the playoff urge, um, but I'd love to just quickly look through the power rankings, see what we're thinking about the last couple weeks of the season. You know, I think playoffs are pretty set at this point, you know, hold your yeah. breath on that, but you know, the toilet bowl and Waffle House is in contention for a lot of people. So, Sloan, let's start off with you. What are you thinking about the power rankings? Last week you said you thought I was in. Now I'm 10 points out. Where are you at now? Uh, yeah, I think you're ranked too high. I think I think you should be, honestly, seventh. I think Dylan and I should be ahead of you. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Colin already has it clinched. On good will be in, Austin will be in, Tommy, Tommy will be in. Um, and Brian, I think, is for sure going to be last. Uh, but other than that, Matt, I do think you do a good job with these. Uh, I would just switch Josh, bump him down a little more. I just I think this week was a big, big hit for Josh's team. Um, and I don't think you can look at the standings if you're looking at power rankings, I think you need to look at how these teams are going to perform now, uh, which is, which is why I think Josh should be a little lower. Okay. I do need to defend myself before you say my team should be lower because my team has been obliterated by injuries this year. I will say that I, I will, I can say this with full confidence last week. I didn't have in between injuries and by last week. I didn't have Kyler Murray, Antonio Brown, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, and I couldn't trust playing Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming straight off of IR. So those are five starting players on most teams at this point in the season. And it's hard to be, like, so pumped about getting Tyler Huntley on free agency on Sunday morning (laughs) when you're trying to push for the playoffs and you're just seeing the shit just flow out of your team. CeeDee Lamb goes out with a concussion, like – it was a mess of a week for me last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't have a non-quarterback touchdown again, right? I got Chris Godwin on Monday night. Ah, so that one. was my okay. non-QB touchdown for the week. But I just – I'm not saying I think my team deserves to be in the playoffs because I think in the table format, like, things have been fair. I don't think I've had consistent performances since early on in the year. We're not doing a breakdown of my team, so I don't need to get defensive on this. But <laughs> – uh, yeah, I just I just needed to respond to that slander of I need to be lower. Yeah, yeah. anyway, Josh, what do you you're... think about the rankings? I will also yeah, throw some ahead, defense Matt. towards Josh because I do like to, you know, to give my process for the power rankings. I go back, look to see how teams performed the prior week. Um, I go in and like check, you know, shout out to Mike um, with his glorious Excel doc. I look at trends over how teams have performed, um, you know, in the last few weeks. Um, and then I look and see like, okay, what's the outlook going for the upcoming week? Who's got good matchups? Um, how does that shake in? And I will say like Josh, not having, you know, a quarterback, a competent quarterback, um, really hurts injuries have been tough, but you look at this upcoming week, you know, Kyler is on by, um, but you're going to have Teddy Bridgewater and, um, 
Joe Burrow, Joey B in the starting lineup. Um, You know, Williams comes back in your lineup. There is still an outside chance from what I've read that CD lamb might actually pass concussion protocol uh, before Thursday. So I read something that like typically it's five days, but that's an NCAA rule, not an NFL rule. So that's not out of the realm of possibilities, but you know, what Josh can put out in his lineup looks a lot better this week. Um, which is why I didn't want to like knock him down more than what I did. Um, like obviously coming in last sucks, but yeah, it does. And I think, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to go too deep into my team, but I appreciate the kind words, Matthew, Mm -hmm. but I do have to agree with Sloan. I think Sloan's team should be number five in these power rankings. I just think his team, if Sloan had had this team all year, I, you know, injuries have been tough, but when, even when you traded for McCaffrey, you know, we didn't know how on and off he would be. I think you have the best team of the losers bracket teams right now, Sloan. I think you're just too far away to make the push, you know, between Devontae, Dalvin, Tyreek, and McCaffrey, that is a scary four players to be putting out this year every week. I mean, you, if you get 20 a piece from those guys, like that's pretty much to be expected. And I think that kind of consistency, even if you look at the top of our league, you know, Colin had that earlier on now that he's had some bye weeks, we're not seeing it as much, but mm-hmm. Sloan, you have the highest opportunity for consistency. I think of any of those teams at the bottom. Yeah. I, can you remind me how playoffs work? this season you know i haven't i want to be i don't want to just say anything without having looked into it recently so i'm pulling it up right now um just to confirm that i'm looking at it the right way Mm -hmm. but i think it's just four weeks of the losers and the uh the winners just going at it so matt if you have any other thoughts let me pull this yeah yeah yeah. while so while you pull that up another Part of the reason I also kept Sloan seven as opposed to moving him up, um, you know, Chiefs are on by this week. Um, so Sloan will not have Tyreek Hill in his lineup. Um, you look at week 13, mm. Sloan will also not have Devontae Adams or Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Wow. Um, so it's tough. It's tough for me to say, yeah. Yes, Sloan is going to like finish in fifth place when he's going over the next two weeks. He's missing three of his four best players. Throw into that, you know, Baker's going to be Baker. Kirk Cousins might not have a week like he did this past week. Um, I will point out the good thing is the next two weeks when I'm missing those players, it doesn't really matter because I right. don't think so I'm come, Waffle House and I'm not making the playoffs. So, yeah, my, my power playoff, rankings, at least right now, are more of a. Um, this is like heading into the playoffs. I think once playoffs start, I will readjust and have like a, a playoff and a toilet bowl power rankings, which when that, when that happens, you can, and I think we can all expect Sloan to be at the top of the toilet bowl. Um, so I like that you're putting in the work on that, Matt, because I didn't look at the bye weeks Yeah. Sloan's team appropriately placed. I take it back. (laughs) No Devonte, no Tyreek, no Christian McCaffrey over the next two weeks. Yeah, seven is and about I will, right. It might even I, be high. I will also add in that. Well, I mean, he's competing with me and Mike for eight nine, so not a lot to offer there. Um, <laughs> I will say, Anga. You know, shout out to Colin for clinching the playoffs. Um, 
you know, we got the big, bold clinch on there. Um, on goods chances look very, very good. Um, as long as he, as long as, you know, you or Dylan or whoever's in fifth place, like is 10 points or more beyond him, he's going to clinch. Same thing with Austin. Who's got a 12 point advantage. Um, I personally don't necessarily think Tommy has fourth place locked down. Wow. Um, his team, his players have a couple of tough matchups in terms of like fantasy outputs compared to like that position. Um, he also only has one quarterback um, available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields is not playing. Um, Jacoby Brissett's not starting. Obviously, Tim Boyle is not going to start for the Lions, so it'll be interesting to see what he tries to do to to fix that. But if he can't, posting a zero there leaves the door open for you know Sloan this week for um, you. Um, and I'm going to give my freezing hot take of the entire podcast, but for. I think the biggest dark horse to make the playoffs, Dylan, Dylan, to post up, post up something stupid. And if Dylan, if Dylan can go bonkers this week and Tommy, like with only one quarterback struggles, Dylan has a, like a realistic shot of sneaking in there. This is a problem I have with the way we did playoffs this year. And we'll see it in the actual playoffs when Austin has to not have Jonathan Taylor for one of the weeks. It is actually a big disadvantage to the rest of the league that there are players who will not have had a bye throughout the entire regular season. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Because Dylan's going to have Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman the whole year. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is that good. I don't think he's that good. But he's a QB2. Like, you feel good about starting him in QB2. And Austin having Jonathan Taylor. He's literally carrying his team to the playoffs right now. And he... You know, he has Damian Harris, I guess, to fill in the depth, but that's not anywhere close. I think this is a problem we need to address because if Dylan does sneak in, I don't think it – because it'll be close if he does. I don't think it would be unfair to say yeah. it would be because of the lack of a bye week because for those two guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, I think we should start wrapping up. Wow, Sloan, don't want to hear me talk about power rankings? Matt and I could go all day. I'm just getting started. I'm not trying to have our audience drop drop out after uh, 50 minutes. These boys got things they got to do. Yeah. Well, I know they'll doesn't even seem like we this. talk for that long. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's what I was saying. Sloan's been keeping track though. He's tired of talking to us. Nah, so we can that's go good. Well, with Mike last week, he kind of just kept talking and talking, so we had to, <laughs> we had to keep track this week. I'll wrap. I'll amazing. wrap up with this talking about the bottom. Um, I will say Brian's past week has put him in striking distance of not going to Waffle House. Um, I think I only have a 9.8 or 9 point lead over Brian and last. And then, you know, Sloan's only one more um, than me and then you or and Mike. I think Mike and Sloan are tied at the same amount. So, you know, as we've seen, it's tough to be consistent. Fantasy football is unpredictable. Um, a couple of down weeks from Mike, you know, if my team decides to be poop, um, you know, who knows what can happen if Brian's team just like goes God tier these last two weeks, not to say that it's likely to happen, but you know, it just makes for an interesting storyline for weeks 12 and 13. Oh, I, I like it. Matt. 
I'm excited. I'm looking forward to weeks 12 and 13. Looking forward to the power rankings. You know, we'll wrap here, but thanks to both of you for joining today. Always good to talk, Sloan. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Mm, Looking forward to talking again next week. See you guys later. God bless. See ya.